Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 239. We're here. We 39, did it. 39. I always said if we could make it to 239, we could do anything. That's, that's the that's the mark, right? This was the benchmark we've been trying to reach, and now we're here. Yep. Burn it all down. I'm Started right from the bottom, now we're here. <laughs> uh, is that the, the Drake guy? I don't think... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not familiar with... I, I know the song, but... I'm not familiar with music. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse. Yeah. A.k.a. just Ben Morse. Yeah. You know? Marvel Editorial Director of Digital Media. Yeah. And we are joined by a new voice... Josh Weiss. Yeah, Josh Weiss. Yep. Josh Weiss in the house. Yeah. New intern. First day... Finds out he has to be the audio engineer for our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds out he's potentially could maybe meet Paul Shear. Mm-hmm. Uh, finds out he's going to be on the podcast. Mm-hmm. You've been here for two hours. This is I'd how we do. So. We drop him in the deep end, wearing a shirt and tie. Yep, like a I- schmuck. <laughs> Whoa. Unnecessary. A lot of people do that their first day. Don't yes, feel bad about good. it. It's good. It's good. It's a good impression. Good impression. Don't do it again. Yeah. Dress like a normal person now. <laughs> no problem. So we're here yep. at the historic 239th episode yeah, of This Week in Marvel. Uh, the 238 leading up to now, we're just, you know. You know what we've not what? done? What? Eclipse episode. Oh, yeah. Best of. Yeah. Well, that would be great because we wouldn't have to do any work and that would just be Blake having to cut a bunch of clips. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Blake, go through the 400 and some odd episodes we've done and pull about two minutes from the best ones. Well, Blake's not actually going to be listening to this one because he's out all week, so this he's not going to be editing it. This is so true. talking to him is useless. Yep. Actually, I would say talking to Blake is useless a lot of the time. Hey-o! But hey-o! Love you, Blake. Have fun in South Carolina. If you're just joining us for the first time, then this has been the wacky portion. And, uh... Ghost. Thank you, because I was going to do it. Um, the uh, This episode, this podcast, is all about Marvel. We're going to talk about all the new comics out this week. Print, digital, collections, single issues. We're going to talk about... Digital collections. Digi- all those as well. Uh, all the new comics. Then we're going to talk about some news that hits all the different stuff. A mm-hmm. little bit here, a little bit there. It's going to be delightful. Then we're going to kick it over to Strami and the Wolfman, our West Coast correspondents who will give a little bit more news, and then they're going to dive into uh, the TWIM URC, which is our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Yes. And they stole my damn selection. They stole your selection. Supervillain team-up, Modox 11. Did you give them a selection yet? I... What do you mean? For them to announce what the I will know, but is. I know what it is. Yeah. I will give it to them later. Okay, I had one it. that I was thinking of, but you pick it because I don't know if I'll be here. I've got okay. a lot of travel coming up okay. in June. Okay, so we'll see. I will. I'll, I'll announce it here, and then I'll let them announce it as well. Okay. No, you don't announce it here. You Why let not? them announce it. All right, I'll let them announce yeah. it. Yeah, I'll tell you off the air. Please do. Okay. Very exciting. We should dive right into the comics because we've got what. 30, 40, 50 comics this it week to cover? It feels like 900 comics it out this week. It feels like the, the first, first time. time. There's a lot it's of singing on this podcast. Time. It's one of my favorite Foreigner songs, so. Yeah. yeah. Do you have I a like good singing that. voice? Not really. That's no? okay. 
You better, you better bone up yeah. on your singing. Seriously. I'll practice. Okay. It's a high bar to go here. I'm, I, I'm glad it's one of your favorite Foreigner songs. Me and you have more than one favorite Foreigner song. Oh, there's Cold as Ice. Oh, my God. I like uh, this look kid. Look at this. I like this kid. Yeah, I like it. He's coming prepared. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do we got up first? Uh, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man number 1.5, written by Jose Molina, art by Simone Bianchi and Andrea Brocardo, uh, with inks by Lorenzo Ruggiero, and colors by David Curiel. Uh, this continues... The crazy story, there's this uh, this fellow Julio who is back from the dead and is putting himself up to be something that he may or may not be. Uh, but the Santarians, who are our local New York City uh, heroes that are sort of at odds with Spidey through most of the story, they are... They have suspicions. Spidey has his suspicions. Things, hopefully, for them come around. They come together throughout the course of this issue to work together and hopefully find out what the heck is going on. But by the end, uh, they get thrust into a giant battle with some weird-looking stuff. It's a pretty book. It's a fun book. I love, also, that Iron Man shows up in this. Yes. Jose Molina writes the hell out of Iron Man. <laughs> it made me really he happy. He does write a great Iron Man. He writes a great Iron Just Man. all one-liners. And you know what? Sometimes that works. Speaking of one-liners, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, number one. Big launch this week, written by Nick Spencer, art by Jesus Saez. Is that how you say it? Jesus Saez. Jesus Saez. You're so white. I'm, yeah, I know. I know. I'm about as white as it gets. Yep. Me and Josh are holding up the white portion of well, this. Well, uh, don't, don't cast aspersions on him. What? He may or may not be. What's your name? I, What's your I full name? I look very white, but I'm mostly Colombian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Fire, so deal with that it. fiery Latino temper. I do have a grandmother from North Africa, so yeah. oh, so there you go. Nothing. What's your What's your full name again? Uh, Josh Weiss. Yes, he's. I'm, I'm so, comfortable. Mostly Eastern. <laughs> I'm comfortable with my statement. Weiss. Yeah. I'm comfortable with my statement. So, anyways, yeah, art by Jesus Saez, uh, who did it all. He penciled it he inked he colored it and i've been waiting forever for him to be over at marvel so i'm super excited about yeah. that uh we flash back to steve rogers childhood an incident with him and his mother that is kind of the framing sequence of this new book then we jump smash to the current day jump smash jump smash to the current day where remember run Steve's jump smash what was that that was a game oh yeah god we've been here so long oh, no. <laughs> how are you people not sick of us oh they are oh they are um jump smash jump cut to the present where captain america steve rogers he's vital again he's got his youth back he's busting his way through a train full of hydra agents we learn a little bit about what's going on with the new hydra run by the red skull recruiting uh teens and young people who are just wayward be believers yeah. they're recruiting <laughs> recruiting believers uh yeah I don't, uh, I don't know any other and then stars. nick spencer reaching straight into my brain decides to bring jack flag and free spirit back dude hello i was so excited i don't i'll be honest yeah. i don't know anything about free spirit but jack flag is my boy because well, i loved him in guardians yeah the thing is they were introduced during uh fighting chance mark grunewald's uh, tour de force where Captain America was dying in the 90s and he had to wear the armor and all this other stuff just going right over your head. Is it the, Remember like that? the, I think I can picture it. had like it. an exoskeleton. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. And Jack Flag showed up with his bandana mask and Free Spirit was there and she got, uh, it was, it was just all great. So they're back in the mix. Rick Jones is in the mix. Sharon Carter's in the mix. Maria Hill's still in the mix. Cap is. Wait, hold on. But before you go, where was Free Spirit, these, Low these many years, do we know? She's 
just been chilling. Okay. Because she says in here, she's like, oh my god, I'm so excited to get the call again to work with Captain America. There's no reason she couldn't be doing this on her own. Sure. And then Jack Flagg, he was in space Jack for a while. Jack Flagg, I like that uh, Nick Spencer <laughs> said, hey, I was in the Guardians of the Galaxy. So yeah, and then they know make that fun happen. of him. Yeah, and they make fun of him for it. But yeah. this is a fun book. It's, uh, it's a lot of humor. Uh, more than you'd expect from your average Steve Rogers book, which can which can often be pretty heavy. But you've also still got you know the heroism of Steve Rogers, uh, the stuff going on back in his childhood, getting a whole new layer to him. You got some Baron Zemo action. We got some good fight scenes. Uh, it's just beautifully drawn by Jesus. And uh, there's I don't know, would you call it pretty big? Pretty big twist on the last page. Sizable. Sizable twist on the last page. We're not going to get into. We're not going to get into at all. I suggest you read the book before you look any further on the internet. By the time you're listening to this, it's at least Thursday, if not later. If not, so hopefully you haven't gotten spoiled yet. I've got to say though, I am. I was talking to Nick Spencer last week, and we were talking about the fact that the twist hadn't been spoiled yet, and we were both like so happy and pleasantly surprised. Especially considering that other book from that other company was like. All over the place. I didn't. I didn't know anything about that until I opened my email. Yeah, the email. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What? This is all." I'm just so. I'm not focused on the world around us. That's fine. Stay (laughs) in your little bubble, Ben. Was in my bubble. Yes. I loved Captain America: Steve Rogers Number One. It's a fun book. It's an action-packed book. It's going to be a very heavy book, and it's beautiful. Yeah, but I think it's it's going to be one of those, like you're saying, Nick Spencer joints mm-hmm. where it's heavy, but it's also it's got those light moments. It feels yeah. I, I think we were thinking, you know, Nick Spencer on Captain America. That's weird. He's kind of the most stoic and you know, uh, feet of clay hero we have. But Nick finds a way, especially with his awesome supporting cast, to get the humor in there, but not overwhelm the seriousness of the situation. Yeah, life uh, finds a way. All right, on to Captain Marvel, number five. You got that reference? I love Jurassic Park. Yeah, this, I like this kid. This kid has got fire. it down. Very good, very good. All right, Captain Marvel, number five, written by Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters, art by Chris Anka and Felipe Smith, colors by Matt Wilson. Uh, this is the final part of this story. May I say something complimentary to uh, Felipe Smith? Yeah. I had no idea which pages were his, which is a compliment to someone who's helped me finish up a book, because yeah. he perfectly mimicked Chris Anka's style or used his style to be similar to Chris Anka that looks like it's all by one artist. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was, it, I mean, it's a beautiful book. It is. Top to bottom. Uh, it's fantastic. This is the, the final part of this storyline, uh, really establishing. It's the swan song for Tara and Michelle. Oh, no. They, they out. Oh. But don't worry, we got Christos and Ruth Gage taking over for Civil War. All right, that's pretty Two. Cool. That's great. Civil War I'm into that, too. but I love... Yeah, they did a great job. Tara and, and Michelle, they did a great job. I think this was their first comic work, too. It was their first oh comic gosh, work. Oh, gosh, they're so good. Anyway, um, this is uh, Carol taking the fight right to the... I don't remember if we know what their race is, this alien race. I, I'll be honest. When they got to the end and they were mentioning alien races... The Iridians are the, the, the ones who were... On like the political ones that were you, we dealt with at right. the beginning of the story, right. and that whole part, which I thought was fantastic, and and how that all unfolded and what that meant to um, Carol's crew you know in what, the guys? story. Just- 
just give me scrolls. Give me Badoon. <laughs> give me the guys I know that I can keep track of. No, man, Don't we got we got to keep, keep introducing all these new races. Got to keep pushing forward. A Chitari or two. We got to keep pushing forward. The Shi'ar would be great here. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, Carol takes the fight to them. Uh, Puck has some great moments. Oh, uh, such a good Puck book. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we get um, <laughs> I like just, that phrase. Yeah, Puck book. Such a good Puck book. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. Also fantastic, Carnage number eight, written by Jerry Conway, art by Mike Perkins, colors by Andy Troy. It's part three of Sea Devil. A lot of old stuff from uh, the Darkhold continuity coming into play in Carnage, and this is stuff going back to the Midnight Suns days, and even before that, some old Doctor Strange stuff. There's a uh, a man of diminutive stature. Yes, in this book, a is smaller he a, man, a classic. He character? is a classic character. Uh, the Dark, as, it, as he, what does he refer himself? The Darkhold Dwarf. He calls himself right he encounters carnage he did that guys he did that he We're did cool. that don't send us your well i mean send us your questions and comments yeah but not about that uh carnage is seeking out more connections to the dark hold he's there's some prophecy basically that he's called the red slayer and if he can ascend to a throne somewhere he is going to become more powerful than ever before meanwhile the government crew with eddie brock and uh john jameson and that whole group are still trying to track him down we got carnage going to Jakarta, trying to find this guy Grigori. Uh, it's all brutal. It continues the feel of this as a true like horror comic. What does Thon look like? Thon? Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, it's like he's like black hooded, white creepy face. Just looks like a like a crypt keeper almost. Huh. I think. What were you thinking? I pictured him more like Thulu. Just because the name. No. But- you know, that's no. just me. But it's all, he also usually, he, Kathan usually doesn't show up um, as himself. He usually infects other people. So it's, it's usually like. Did the Avengers fight? They Stone? sure did. Yeah, I thought so. In that uh, Knights of Wonder Girl story with mm. uh, Scarlet Witch, it's a famous cover where she's got like all the Avengers upside down. Oh, yeah, you know yeah, 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 about? for sure, for sure. I got it because when I was in England, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Did you say England? <laughs> when I was, did, you, did you call for me, God? When, no? I, was, when I was in the motherland, um, I got a, it was called Backpack Marbles. I don't know if we have them here or not. A little blood sausage. It was, a, it was like a little... Meat pies, isn't it? It was like a little book-sized uh, graphic novel of the Knights of Wondergore, so that's why I have that story. The old Knights of Wondergore. Yeah. Yes, I remember them. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> Delightful. Daredevil, number seven. <laughs> Written by Charles Soule. Art by Matteo Bufagni. Concluding the uh, Electra story. So here we have Daredevil fighting Electra. Electra is, she's gone wild because apparently she's got a daughter that we never knew about. And that daughter has gone missing. And she needs to go and track him down. We get this whole, uh, I love the black and white contrast that Matteo Bufagni does and that Matt Miller does with the colors. It's all very dark. We get this battle between Daredevil and Elektra in the rain. We get some flashbacks. We get all sorts of smoke and mirrors with what's going on with Elektra. It's, it's, Charles is actually showing us an Elektra who cares about something other than herself and uh, her mercenary ways. We get Foggy Nelson in there. I think that's his first appearance in the series so far. Uh, Matt, very concerned with what's going on. Checking up on Blind Spot. We get some Night Nurse. Um, 
it turns out not everything is as it seems, and we're getting more tips and hints about Daredevil, the way he got his secret identity back in the bottle, and how it may have affected more than just him. Obviously, it affected Elektra here, and it could affect more people as we keep going. Genie in a bottle, baby. All right, on to close. Deadpool close. number 12, which is actually chapter two of Deadpool 2099. Uh, so it's the, the little thing that Jerry, Duggan, and company are doing. They're putting a chapter of Deadpool 2099 in between the larger Deadpool story arcs. So uh, I think the first part was issue seven, I yep. want to say. Uh, if you need to catch up on that. Uh, but this is written by Jerry Duggan, art by Scott Coblish, colors by Nick Filardi, and uh, really just getting into, you know, learning a lot more about this world, about who these characters are, about uh, revelations and why everything is set up the way it is. With Shikla and with Deadpool, with um, his daughter, uh, lots of different things. We get to see uh, Preston in uh, a different form yeah. in this, which was pretty cool. There's also a really Easter egg-packed uh, full-page spread in here when um, it's revealed to find like an old or two-page spread, an old uh, like bunker, and it's jam-packed with Easter eggs. Uh, Look at that! It's Captain America, Steve Rogers' new shield. Yeah, it's it's right there, right there, and some sort of city in a bottle. It's a city in a bottle, oh, baby. baby. See, uh, and there's some sort of that was foreshadowing you were doing before. I know uh, a green bow and uh, a giant, is some chair. giant coin. Yeah, a oh, coin some for some reason. Who would have a giant coin? I don't in know, like but this room? is a quarter, which is definitely better than a penny. Much better. Uh, looks like an afro over here. <laughs> uh, probably, I think that's uh, the disco Hypno Hustlers oh, uh, helmet. Yeah, the penguin pool. That's fine that perhaps the Hypno Hustler, that's not his real hair. <gasps> that's a big moment. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, all of that, lots of uh, fun stuff, some big revelations by the end of the issue, awesome action, and just like that 2099 vibe is, is super fun. You can tell Jerry and, and Scott and everybody are having a, a ball. Lots of fun. Having a ball as we are, as we read Doctor Strange, number eight, part three of Last Days of Magic, written by Jason Aaron, pencils by Chris Pachalo, inks by Tim Townsend, Alve, Mark Irwin, John Livesay, and Victor Olazaba, colors by Chris Pachalo, Antonio Fabella and Shava Tartaglia. It's the last days of magic, man. Magic is gone. Um, the empirical has been coming. They're wiping out everything. Doctor Strange and his allies are basically scrounging whatever little bits of magic they can find. I love that Jason just comes up with these crazy things. Like, basically, he has a... Doctor Strange has a slug that can sense magic. It's so sad, S too. Yeah, it's so a hungry little it's slug. A, it's a hungry little slug, and there's no magic, so it's starving. Uh, Doctor Strange sends it into basically a junk heap. He's got to crawl through. He's got this helmet that lets him see in the dark a little bit. It's neat to see Strange just at the end of his mystical rope. You know, he can't just make his cool hand signal and, you know, magic the problem away. He has to dig, and he has to be smart with his spells. He only has a certain amount of spells left, and it's the same that goes for everyone here. He's got these crazy witchfinder wolves after him, which are the Empirical's, like, bloodhounds, basically. They now shoot lasers out of their eyes. They shoot lasers out of their eyes. Um, the slug finds a little bit of magic, and it just, it all seems so desperate, because it's like, 
he's looking for a little scrap of magic, but he ends up having to use that little scrap of magic to fight off the Witchfinder wolves. So really, what did he accomplish? He didn't really get anything. Mm. And he's also using his blood to track things down. Scarlet Witch is in the book. Um, a few other guest stars. Talisman is here. Um, who was this guy again? The 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 he, Latin uh, magic magic. Mr. Magic? Magico. I don't know. He Something. was introduced in the special. In the last days of Magic special. He's there. Uh, it's great. Chris Pachalo. Yeah. Chris Pachalo turning it out on this book, man. Just having the ball, having the time of his life, drawing crazy stuff, drawing gross stuff. Added a bow. They also mention, I won't spoil it, what it is. They mention one of what was the most powerful magical artifacts in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe that is completely it's tapped out, tapped out yeah, and devoid a of couple, power. couple, actually. They, a couple. And I was like, damn! Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the Sanctum Sanctorum, uh, the Empirical is going through, trying to erase all the books, and uh, Zelda Stanton and Wong are trying to hold them off. So they're doing crazy stuff with books and with food. I love that she uses the refrigerator basically as a weapon. Um, and then Wong lets Doctor Strange know that, okay, we've kind of been teasing this whole time. There's something going on in Doctor Strange's basement. Doctor Strange spells it out here. He basically says, like, every bit of magic has a price. And if you're not paying the price, then someone else is paying the price. Someone else has been paying the price for Doctor Strange, and we finally meet them in this issue. Yeah. And ain't no Costco bargain, I'll tell you that No, much. no Costco bargain. Nope. Uh, all right, on to Drax number seven, written by CM Punk and Colin Bunn, uh, art by Scott... Hepburn, Scott Hanna, and Antonio Fabella. And uh, this is a big moment because not only do we get Cammy showing up. Oh my God. We get Planet Effing Terry. Hey, does he say Planet Effing Terry he, or does well, he use a more a, colorful well, language? It's uh, it's bleeped out. Yep. And I didn't want to. I wanted to curse and say it truthfully, yeah. but uh, I didn't want to put more work on Judy. So Planet Terry is in here. What is Planet Terry's deal? Planet, he says it right here. He was a. Uh, he, he was. What, what does he say? I'm Planet blank, yeah. Bleeping Terry and Planet Terry Don't Play. Yeah, but he also He was said, a teen heartthrob. So I was. In, in publishing, though, he was a Star, star comics. comics character, more like a kid's line. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a comedy book, really. It was a comedy book. It was a comedy little, adventure. Little kid little, living yeah. out adventures in outer space. With uh, He had a robot sidekick who we see in here, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, we do. A, and a, like a, a weird green alien dude that they were partners with. Um, you remember more about Planetary than I do. You know. That's how yeah. you do. I, lo- I like Planetary and Star. The um, I think there was a Care Bears comic. Alf was yep. in Star. There was Heathcliff. Yep. Uh, we had Madballs. Madballs definitely Did we have Mad had their Balls? own comic. Yep. Mm. We know. had everything. Maybe Cabbage Patch Kids. I don't know about Probably that. Probably not. Now you're just, just making, making it up. up. And uh, so Planetary is here and Cammy's here. Uh, they have a bounty on Drax's head. And we figure out a lot more about it. Who actually put out the bounty is another great revelation. Mm. There's a really funny, like, visual gag and that is explained in here about the uh, the person who put the bounty out. Oh, yeah. Great visual it's gag. It's a whole terrific little bit of story. That's CM Punk yeah. and his visual gags. Yep. And, and Colin, both of them together. No, Colin doesn't do anything on this book. No? He told me. Yeah, yeah. He just his name's just on there for for the so he can leech off of Punk's uh, fame. It's way to do it. Yeah, uh, just kidding. Then, <laughs> Colin writes the book too. <laughs> and then by the end, uh, we get to see that um, 
Planetary and Cammy may not be the most dangerous thing in store for Uh-oh. Drax and his compatriots. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Extraordinary X-Men number 10. Written by Jeff Lemire. Pencils by Umberto Ramos. Inks by Victor Olazaba. Colors by Edgar Delgado. Apocalypse Wars continue. In the far-flung future of 3167 AD, the X-Men must battle the Horsemen, which now count Colossus among their number. We've got Storm. We've got the Sentinel. We've got Iceman, who is awesome in this issue. Uh, we've got Nightcrawler. And we've got Old Man Logan trying to help the likes of Anol and Glob Herman. They're trying to save this Ark of Mutants that they have. They basically... Ark of the Covenant? No, the Ark, they have an Ark filled with mutant lives. They could potentially uh, reignite their mutant population if they can just get away from Apocalypse's legacy and these horsemen. Meanwhile, back in the present day, uh, Magic is working with her new young Charge. And she's also getting in shouty matches with Forge. Um, I love this. I, the Iceman thing I was talking about is basically Storm is like, ah, what, what's the point? You know, we got the Terrigen crap, and now we have Apocalypse. Like, what's why? Let's just give up. You know, typical Storm. Um, not typical Storm. Not typical, not typical Storm at all. You know but things are bad. That's how bad things were. She was overwhelmed, and Iceman says, no way. Wearing his awesome shades. He says, don't you see it, you know? This is an opportunity. We're the X Men. We never quit up. We never quit. We're a family. We can do this. Uh, we have Glob Herman flirting with Jean Grey. That's a lot of fun. I hope they get some action. We get a bunch of Moloids. They go to the Glob Zone. The Glob Zone. <laughs> well said. I really like. I said. I mentioned it earlier that we have. Um, Magic and Forge getting a shouty match, but I really enjoyed this scene where Magic is like, look, Forge, I hate to see you like this, so I'm just going to level with you. It's not going to happen with you and Storm. Like, <laughs> yeah. We all know that's the only reason you're here, and yep. you and your giant mustache. Um, he could create like all this cool stuff. I just wish Forge was like a better person. Was cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you know. the issue ends with the uh, one of the one of the horsemen, which is a symbiote, uh taking over one of the X Men. <gasps> Bad news for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about uh our Marvel Cinematic Universe guidebook. Yeah, guidebook Late- to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We guidebooks got the latest, double dose. We got a double dose. The latest one covers Captain America the Winter Soldier with his awesome cover. Who did the cover? Mike Del Mundo, I Mike think. Mike Del Mundo. It's beautiful. And then on the flip side, we've got Ant-Man. So those two movies are now covered in the guidebook to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, those are terrific. Alright, on to Hyperion number three. Written by Chuck Wendig. Art by Nick Varela and Romulo Fajardo Jr. Um, this has the origin of Dahl, who's the, the cool POV character. Yes, I really um, I dug this origin, actually. Really, really dug it. The introduction of the bigger bad that they're dealing with, uh, whose name is Junior. Um, but I got to give all the credit to Chuck, Nick, and the team because they have created one of the most horrifying and disgusting villains I have ever oh, yeah. read about in comics. It. Like, it's upsetting my stomach just talking about it. He's a dude made of uh, worms and, like, violent, like, gross worms that uh, are, have part, like, alien DNA and all kinds of different creature DNA. That's right. From Marvel Comics, the group that got you a Nazi made out of bees, we have this guy made out of worms. I, this is almost... Look at this panel. and that's it's gross. Kudos to Nick Varela. It's gross. Because that's some disgusting art. Some good worm work. Yeah. They, and Chuck 
amps it up by saying that the worms go right for Hyperion's heart, start eating at his Ooh. heart. You're, all right, you're it's grossing me out a little horrifying. I wasn't really grossed out when I was reading this, but now you're grossing me Everything out with how grossed it. out you are. Hyperion is essentially the most powerful person on planet Earth at this time, mm-hmm. and he is almost killed yeah, by this. helpless. He, it is disgusting. Does it remind you of all of uh, the Boogeyman in WWE? Oh, uh... You know, I didn't. I think when I was watching. That's true. Um, You missed out on that era. Yeah, but the Boogeyman era, as we all called it at the time. Like the sound effects in here, where the worms are coming into a room, it's like plop, plop, plop. Oh, Oh, so so gross! gross. And then the shot when like the worm dude fully forms into his human side Uh. is just like. His face is all wrong. And he's so... I, oh, God. But you know what? He's even a little bit of a sympathetic figure. He totally is. Because he's like... Damn it, Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Chuck. What are you doing to us? Uh, Chuck Wendig, great writer. He's yep. writing Star Wars books. He's writing uh, more comics. comics for us. Yeah, he's got more stuff uh, coming I'm out. very excited to have him do this. You guys should be reading Hyperion. It's yeah. really, really terrific. Yeah. Other stuff you should be reading fun for the whole family over in Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number eight. Adapting the episode Hitch and a Ride, originally written by David McDermott and directed by Jeff Wamster. Joe Caramagna is adapting it here. And that's not all Joe's working on. He's also got Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Web Warriors Contest of Champions number three. What a mouthful. It was written by Marty Eisenberg, directed by Roy Berdeen, and again, adapted by Joe Caramagna. Mighty Thor. Yeah, Manja. Mighty Thor number seven. uh, Part two of The Strongest Viking There Is, written by Jason Aaron. Art in the present day, covered by Russell Dowderman. Art in the old days, covered by Rafa Garris. This is just a lot of fun. Is that Blake Garris's cousin? Yes. uh, Spelled differently, but that's just because, you know, they came into Ellis Island different times. Um,. It's part, like I said, part two of Strongest Viking there is. Essentially, an old warlord was... Like what? An old no, not, like warlord from WWF? Not like the warlord. <laughs> like old, old man. An old Viking. Oh. Uh, an old Viking from the age of Vikings was at one point praying to Thor, but he got in a spat with Thor, so he ended up praying to Loki, and Loki essentially turned him into the Viking Age version of the Hulk. He is running wild. Rafa Garris is just trying the heck out of these monsters and Vikings and women and mead and all the things you expect from an old school. Really draws Thor that mead. Draws that mead. <laughs> uh, well, that because that's the thing with Thor. He needs to like recharge at some point. He's basically like, bring me your bring me your maidens and your mead, and then he charges back up. Uh, it's kind of sad. This 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 we'll call him Viking Hulk. Uh, has is incredibly powerful, but he has paid the price for becoming the way he's become. And now he, you know, doesn't have any followers. He doesn't have any friends. He's just smashing. He's just pure anger. Bodolf Sounds is like his a name. Troll on Twitter. Yeah, he's like a troll on Twitter, but with uh, superpowers, kind of like that. Um, but yep, we get Thor figuring out a way to win the day becoming a little more worthy and we flash back to the present where loki has been tech telling um this whole story to dario agar the head of roxon meanwhile they're draining a dragon of its blood it's so super sad and upsetting and that's going to set up our next big story arc here in the mighty thor wow all right mock in mock yeah mock yeah i don't even know how that's i don't know it goes mock yeah in 
Yeah. So you you for, messed it up from the beginning. I'm, I messed Terrific. it up. I'll Terrific. take full responsibility. Yeah, for I only that know one. it from Dumb and Dumber. Is well, that I, an actual I, song? I think that's only no? where that's where anyone would know it from. Oh, yeah, I thought that was song. like a, yeah. a song that they were they were goofing on. No, man, it's their song. They made up for Dumb and Dumber. It's a great movie. Ugh, I'm, I'm not a fan. What? I, I it's not my kind of movie. When I worked at Best Buy, low like 14, 15 years ago, that was the only VHS tape in the break room, and so oh. it was on. Every day, all day. Yeah. So I watched a lot of Dumb and Dumber over the course of however long I worked there. You take like a 10-minute break here and a 15-minute break there, and you get to see bits and pieces of it. We had a similar situation at like the summer camp I worked at. Yeah. People would just bring whatever. So I decided to rectify that by going on eBay and buying the full run of X-Men the Animated Series <laughs> on VHS. And then I brought all the VHSs up, and whenever I had free time, I just watched X-Men. Nice. Yeah. Smart. That's how you all solve right. it. Yeah. Marvel right. coming through. On to our comic that we should be talking about, Mockingbird yep. number three, written by Chelsea Kane. Oh, man. Art by Kate Nimchik, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, I love this comic book. Mockingbird's the best. I like this comic book more than I would say 99.8% of humans that I've met. Yeah. This is one to of my fair, favorite books. To be fair, you don't books. like many people. I like a fair you number like, of people. Yeah, no, that, that was unfair. You yeah. like people. I like a fair number of people, but this comic is usually better than most of them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it is fantastic. It's funny. It's got heart. It's You get really cool stuff about um, uh, Bobby Morse's origin in here yep. and like My growing cousin. up. Yep, your cousin. My cousin Bobby Morse. Yeah. Uh, but it really, this issue centers around... Uh, a 12-year-old girl. I think she's 12. Yep, she uh, is. They reference it a few times. Yeah, yeah. Because they always say 12-year-old girls are the worst. 12-year-old <laughs> girls are evil. You can't trust 12-year-old girls. Yeah. What's so scary about 12-year-old girls, it says, they're shapeshifters, not yep. quite one thing or another. I like that line a lot. Uh, it's so This book is fantastic. But she's uh, the, the thing is, this 12-year-old girl has got early onset powers, which Great. is, I just, I died. It killed me <laughs> and then brought me back to life. It was so good. This little girl has these early onset powers, and I'm having a hard time even trying to explain the powers mm -hmm. too, which is a more I, a testament to yeah. like the creativity around these powers. It's definitely it, something we've never seen before, right? It, it's it's unique, which is incredibly difficult in, in comics. comics. Um, what how these powers manifest themselves? What the the little girl's motivations are? What she's dealing with? What she's going through? How Mockingbird has to get involved in the situation in a number of ways? All of it is incredible. On top of that, on mm -hmm. top of that, we've got um, uh, a character named Dick Prophet. Yeah, oh, old Dick Prophet. Another character named John Warmflush. Yep. I mean. These Chelsea Kane, man. Everything about She's this makes me happy. Everything about this comic is incredible, and I love it. And I think it's it's just if I could read this comic uh, over again for the first time, I would love to. It's just it's a pleasurable reading experience to read Mockingbird. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. About it makes that. me so happy. And the art's really is, good too. I was about to say it has got some of my favorite art right now. Mm -hmm. uh, just it's. It's really incredible. I think her name is Kate Nimchik. Yep. Uh, Kate Nimchik is doing really spectacular work, and you can't can't say enough about Rochelle Rosenberg's colors because there's a lot of really cool stuff happening with colors, especially oh, yeah. in this issue. Colors are key to this story. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good, top to bottom. And then at the, the end of it, last little page, fun little extra. Yeah, we get the uh, paper dolls, cutout design, whatever you call this stuff. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a craft man. 
I'm doing you scissor fingers. You are certainly fingers. not crafting. Yeah, if you guys can see us, you would see Ryan doing scissor fingers. Scissor fingers. One of not his, scissor one of his, sisters, but one scissor of his, fingers. One of his classic characters. Yes. Um, from the Panagos vault. You know? Yeah. Hey, I'm scissor fingers. Oh, love scissor fingers. Big fan. Big fan of Miss Marvel number seven. Written by G. Willow Wilson. Art by Adrian Alfona. Color art by Ian Herring. This is a fun issue. Um, oh, my gosh. We've got Kamala, Bruno, and company at a mass they're at madison square garden for a science fair which i didn't know they had science fairs at madison square garden i feel like can you confirm or deny having not been a science person or a fair person or any of that yeah i would say yeah that probably happens all right i'm relying on your expertise anyways uh kamala and her crew are representing new jersey in this big science fair who's representing new york why, it's Miles Morales and Genki, and they're there, and... It, well, which makes perfect sense, too, because yeah. they're at the, the Visions Academy or yeah, whatever it is. absolutely. And the, and the wrinkle here is that Kamala knows Miles is Spider-Man. Miles does not know Kamala is Miss Marvel. So there's all sorts of shenanigans going on there. They get into, like, arguments, and Kamala's trying to figure out what they're doing. Then they just... The thing I love about this is they just have... They're basically competing to have the coolest science experiment, and they just have the most ridiculous things. Uh, they start off with Sky Shark, which is a shark. Oh, my God. That <laughs> Adrian Alfona draws the happiest shark I've ever seen. He's got this happy shark who they've drawn into this uh, membrane, and they say they're like, oh, I know the people from Connecticut are going to ding us on this because the people from Connecticut, all their families are lawyers. They're going to say we're being inhumane, uh, but they have a counter for that. <laughs> uh, Connecticut is the worst. I went to school there. I can say it. Um, they, I got married in Connecticut. Yeah. Because they, they allowed gay marriage, and we yep. like to support gay marriage, yep. and New York didn't. So I got a little bit of one, love for Connecticut. One good thing for, about Connecticut. Yeah, one. That's that's Uno. You, you get one. Singular. WWE headquarters there too. Dose. So that's cool. Uh, I met my wife there. Tres. I, Connecticut's pretty great. You know what? You know what? Turned around on Connecticut. Good job, Connecticut. Uh, so this science war is great. Uh, the rivalry between New York and New Jersey is great. Uh, taking this old character um, of, I believe his name is Brad, the Jock. Brad. Brad. What a name. He, he was. Um, he was. He hasn't been seen since the very early issues of this book. They bring him back in a very organic way. Uh, Nova shows up randomly. So good. He's on the cover, but he's only in it for a couple pages, so don't buy this book for Nova. Um, We have plenty of other Nova books you can buy. I think you're going to want to buy this book for Ms. Marvel because she's Ms. Marvel. And there's this beautiful moment between Ms. Marvel and Spider-Man, perfectly narrated by G. Willow Wilson, and then a teaser at the end that's going to lead into, it's to be continued, in Civil War II. On to Nighthawk number one, uh, written by David F. Walker. Wow. Uh, art by Ramon Villalobos. Wow. Colors by Tamara Bonvalen. Wow. Yeah. 110%. Wow. wow. Holy I really want to curse, but I don't yeah. want to make it harder on Judy. She's doing a million things. So this good week. to Judy. But hot damn, this is a fine comic book. Yep. Jesus. Um, it is violent as can be. Yeah. I will say there, that. Is there a, the, so there's that no would, advisory on there. 
There is a parental advisory oh, good. text bit. Oh, okay. Text bit. Don't, yeah, you guys might miss it. So It's like... Don't get this for your kids. This is not a children's book. You're like, no. oh, I like characters who are billionaires, and they're sort of dealing with their own personal histories and problems, and they don't have any superpowers, but they've created this you know, great arsenal of weapons, and they take it upon themselves to strike fear into the hearts of, of criminals everywhere, right. and they, they have... I shall become a Nighthawk. Right. And he's, you know, he, he is the knight. He is the knight. Hawk. And, uh, you, you know, if you like that kind of character, that's great. This is the best book you can read with that type of character, yeah, I believe. it is intense. Intensity, intensity. This is fantastic. <laughs> Did you say intensity, intensity? Intensity, intensity. Oh, intense city. I love yeah. it. It's a Wayne's World reference. You wouldn't get it. Oh, no, Did you I should get be getting those. Uh, you still have to get see out. Wayne's World. Get oh. out. You, you haven't seen you... Wayne's World? What oh. the hell? This all is what the happens progress. when the, the interns are five years old. Yeah, all the progress we made. Well, he got the Jurassic Park reference. That's true, but Jurassic World he got came for, out. He got Foreigner, and too. I, I feel like that, you know. Josh is an old soul. I can okay. already sense it. We're going right. to be fine with him. That's fine. Uh... So anyway, back to Nighthawk. Uh, yes, please. Raymond Kane, who was Kyle Richmond in his universe, is now in our universe and is taking out the trash. Mm-hmm. The trash being white supremacists, the trash being no good nicks, trying to peddle guns, peddle drugs, do all kinds of bad stuff. And he's not alone. He's got an awesome partner who's funny, who's uh, quirky and you know, a little catty. It's great. There's uh, a big mystery here of some horrific killings that uh, Nighthawk has to is, is looking into. All the while, there's you know obviously some undercurrents going on. This is all set in Chicago, mm-hmm. which which is super cool because we, we don't get a lot of stories in Chicago. Yeah, the big yam. Yeah, uh, the Monte Crisco. Count of Monte Crisco. Sausage Town. Sausage City. I love Chicago. I actually do love Chicago. Chicago's great. Um, but it's, again, this is really violent, but it's really personal, really intense, fantastic story. Uh, Nighthawk, he's not a very humor, you know, like, there's not a lot of not humor Not a humor-based character. Uh, but there's some other... But others. when he tells jokes, oh boy. Yeah, you better laugh. Yeah, you better laugh. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really, really, really great book. Please check it out. Yeah. I love it. Hyperion and Nighthawk, both with oh my great God. books out the out oh, the And credit to the creative teams, because we killed it. Oh, I got to mention Talk our boy, Ramon, Ramon Villalobos. For sure, he's a big wrestling mark. Yep. Uh, he's a fantastic artist. Yep. Uh, I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back through the whole issue and see if he has put any wrestling moves in here. Oh, he will at some point. Uh, definitely at some point. Like, you know there's going to be some really intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope he gets... Nighthawk doing a pedigree to someone. That would be amazing. That would be fantastic. Uh, but it is, yeah, it's gorgeous and it's great. All right. On to Obi-Wan and Anakin number five, written by Charles so- Soul. Art by Marco. Soul Man. Yeah. Art by Marco Cacchetto uh, and Andres Mosa. This, uh, I think this is, is this the last part of the story? I think we're, I think we're wrapping up. Yeah, yeah. So. Bring uh, it home. It's, it's really up to Obi-Wan here to put the open and the close, these two forces that are opposed on this planet, uh, this weird planet that doesn't really believe in the Jedis, and now the Jedis are there, uh, putting them all together. 
not necessarily in a room to talk it out, but to deal with everything that is going on with between them. Uh, there's this character, the scavenger, who's also kind of been trying to do that in her own way, uh, and is now, you know, thankfully has a little bit more luck thanks to the Jedi. But there's violence aplenty. There's people going crazy. There's giant mechs, which look awesome. Marco Caquetto doing some beautiful work, as always. Dude is unreal. Like, yeah. it's it's stupid. Uh, Charles has some great... It is stupid, it Ryan. Is, You're right. It's stupid how good he is. Stupid. Uh, there's great moments in here. There's cool stuff. Charles laying in little bits and pieces from all the different uh, stuff that we know about. Anakin and Obi-Wan, Yoda, the Jedis. It's really great. I love how it weaves into the continuity that's already been built, but still establishes some really important stuff for those characters in their own right. It's time for Patsy Walker, oh a.k.a. Hellcat number six. Jesus, oh, my God. This book. In a world where we publish Nighthawk God. and Patsy Walker in the same week, can there be any doubt that Marvel is truly the most diverse and widespread publisher of comic periodicals And that in the I world? think I love them equally. Yeah, and so different. Written by Kate Leth. Guest start by Natasha Allegri, who basically draws in the style of Sailor Moon. Well, no. No? No, I appreciate your efforts. Right? But I tried. That is not... Uh, this More accurately, this is more like 70s um, anime and manga style okay. that uh, some various types of like... I, ga- I gave it a shot. No, I know. Totally. And that's it, looks your like, it looks like Sailor Moon to me. Right. But that that's like saying... Um, Jim Lee's X-Men looks like uh, Notes from Sarajevo or something like that. Yeah. It's close because you it's have... It's that stupid, Ben. <laughs> it's that dumb it's, is what you're saying. It's close because it's the same you big medium, dummy. but uh, it's a vastly well, look, different... It's, it's more beautiful, of a pop. It's beautiful and it's cool and oh, it's yeah. unique. It, I have never seen her art before and I am 1,000% on board. Yeah. Um, the story centers on Patsy getting a little too busy. So She-Hulk... Ian and Tom decide, hey, we're going to take you to the beach. So they go to the beach, uh, and who do they meet up with but Arcade? And I love that Arcade is basically like, oh, yeah, I'm taking a break from being super terrible uh, murder world guy. The and, old days yeah. when going back to the old days, make, you know, fun amusement Because, like, the last time we saw Arcade was Avengers Arena and all that madness where he was really becoming like a He was like in Begalia. He was becoming right? an A-list bad guy. It's kind of cool to see him going back to, on, he's on Coney Island, he's setting traps. I love, uh, probably my favorite little artistic touch that Natasha does is whenever we see uh, Patsy's mouth open, she has these two little cat teeth. It's so adorable. There's there's just so many little yeah. graphic flourishes in here. And there's one part where they're eating ice cream on the beach, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they figured out what they're going to do. There's this tiny little shot of no, Patsy with ice cream all over, all her, over face. her face. It's great. I lo- I've read it on the train this morning. I lost it. I read this on the train this morning, too. And they fight Arcade. Uh, we learned something about Ian, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. She-Hulk outwits Arcade. And then Hellcat... Uh, succeeds by basically besting Arcade in the one thing she thought she could do. It's hard to describe this book. You guys need to check this out, just like you need to check out Nighthawk or any of these other... Like, it's just... It's not It's not like anything else we're doing. And there's at least one other book this week where I'm going to say the same thing, where it's just like, unlike any other comics I grew up with, it's infusing 
the indie spirit with these great characters. But She-Hulk's in the book, you know? Like, a mainstream Marvel character's in the book. And Jessica Jones shows up at the end. Yeah. And it's and it's manages to be faithful to these characters, but putting them in this different world. It's great. Yeah. It's uh, awesome the, stuff. The main reference I wanted to, I was also thinking about was, uh, and to show you a little bit, is... Uh, Osama Tezuka. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, one of the godfathers or, like, the fathers of Japanese manga. Right. Uh, created Astro Boy and all yep. that stuff. So I definitely, Astro Boy. Yeah, more of his influence in there okay. um, in Natasha's work, which That's is not, just... Than my stupid, idiotic <laughs> attempts at comparing it to Sailor Moon. There's, if I it mean, was a Jordan D. White edited book, then I would probably be more on track. Well, he probably would have hired someone who he draws. would have hired Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, herself. Sailor Moon herself. She comes in. She's got the whole the whole team yeah. is done by the Sailor Scouts. That would have been fantastic. What are we talking about? Comics. 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 Like Red Wolf number six, which is written by Nathan Edmondson, pencils by Dalibor Talajik. This is it. Inks by Jose Marzan Jr. Colors by Miroslav Mirva. Uh, all right. So this is it. This is it. This is, this is it. the end of Red Wolf. Well. Hopefully not. We want to see more Red Wolf. This is the end of this volume of Red Wolf. Okay. Uh, which, this is where, like, everything comes to a head, where Red Wolf, like, kicks all the asses, mm-hmm. takes all the names, uh, saves all the days. It's fantastic. You get to see him bust out a little bit of uh, superpower action, which is dope as hell. This is like a Wolfman jam. Like, he would be super into this one. Well, there are wolves in it. Right. That's why he would be That's all it. you need. That's all you need. He's, he's uh, a simple man. Well, there's some really Simple cool man st- with simple needs. Yeah, some really great stuff. I love Talibor, Dalibor Talajik's art. Yes. Just fantastic here. Uh, it's it's cool. It's a great little wrap-up to the story. I wish we got more. Hopefully we will Hopefully see we more will. Red Wolf. We haven't seen the end of, night of uh, Red Wolf. I was going to say Night Wolf. Night Wolf. Nighthawk, Nighthawk, Red Wolf. You are the Night Wolf. (laughs) Over to Spider-Man Deadpool number five, written by Joe Kelly. Pencils by Ed McGinnis, who really turns on this issue. I thought he had a really strong issue. Uh, That Ed McGinnis, you know, up-and-coming kid with some real real potential. Um, Mark Morales on inks. Jason Keith on colors. Last issue ended with Deadpool shooting Peter Parker because he thought he was a bad dude. So he then goes to hell to make sure that Peter Parker's soul's being tortured. Uh-oh, bad news. Peter Parker's soul's not in hell. Why would it be in hell? They go back to Peter Parker. Uh, he Schick was along for the ride in this, too. So they go back to Peter Parker's apartment, verify that he is dead, and now uh, he is being tormented in this sort of weird limbo dimension by one of his villains, who's a cool surprise, so I won't mention it. And then Deadpool bathes himself in Peter Parker's blood so he can go and join him in fighting this souped-up bad guy. I am a big fan of Spider-Man Deadpool. I love... Oh, my God. I love the way Joe Kelly writes Deadpool. I love the way Deadpool is when he's around Spider-Man. I love that he's trying to be a better Deadpool. It's all good stuff. And the Ed McGinnis art is just mwah. It's delightful. The colors are really good, too. Credit to Jason Keith on those. Um, and, and credit to Mark Morales on the inks as well. It's a well-held-together book. Somehow, uh, that, to me, feels like an under-the-radar book. Yeah, I know. And it is It's so... probably because there's 30 books that we're reading. Everything's under the radar. But it's so good. Nothing is above the radar. I was reading two issues of that last night and, like, slapping them against my yeah. leg because I was so excited. So, and just enjoying them it's so good book. much. good I mean, book. It's Joe Kelly, Deadpool, and Spider-Man. And, and McGinnis drawing. McGinnis drawing. Two it. of our favorite characters. It's awesome. Over and uh, Fantastic. So good. So good. Uh, Like Star Wars number 19. Uh, This is part four of Rebel Jail. I think this is the last part of Rebel. 
Rebel Jail itself. Rebel Jail. Written by Rebel Jail needs a theme song. Josh, come up with a theme song for Rebel Jail. Um... Great, that was yeah, fantastic. Great. Well Good done. Stuff. Uh, Strike one. Uh, this issue is written by Jason Aaron, art by Linnell Francis Yu, inks by Jerry Algonquin. One of my favorite names. Yeah. I, I always want to say Algonquin. Me too. Yeah, right? Uh, is that where you were going? Yeah, Alinguilin. Uh, colors by Sunny Go and Hava Targalia. And um, like I said, last part of Rebel Jail. This is full of a big revelation for the character that's been plaguing uh, Princess and Princess Leia and uh, the Dr. Afra and uh, Sana Solo here. Who would win Princess Leia against Princess Toadstool? Leia. Yeah. I mean, I like... It's, it's not even a question. I mean, uh, yeah, I've, I've tried to think of, like, any rationale. Princess Toadstool can fly. That's one thing. Leia would shoot her out of the air. It's true. Yeah. Princess Leia wins. Josh, you agree? Yeah, she's always getting herself kidnapped, so... That's yeah. true. That's true. I think, That's although, true. you know, in a, in a more modern world, I'm sure Princess Toadstool is a little bit more independent. Knows what she's doing. Yeah, not getting she's kidnapped. She's an empowered she, woman. I don't think she needs Mario Mario to, to, to save her. Were you, in, were you involved in the great Mario Mario debate a couple weeks ago? I walked by. You guys wrote me into it. I said his yep. name is Mario Mario yeah, and walked because, away. Yeah, it's from the movie. And, D. Lee... From Marvel Legal, yeah. who's not listening to this, still claims that we're wrong. Yeah, you know, what does she know? Yeah, what does she know? Um, the law. Yeah. That's what. Uh, what were you talking about? Star Wars? Star Wars. Is that what you were on? Yeah, we get a big revelation about the character who's been going, uh, who's been tearing apart uh, the rebel jail. Uh, we get some great fighting. We get uh, Sana Solo being awesome. Dr. Afra maybe escaping by the skin of her teeth. Maybe she's still not. Sana Solo? Even though I she's admitted she's a, not to yeah, be Yeah, she has a... Um, Just hanging on to that name? Yeah. Right. She has a different last name, I think, but I like Sana Solo. Uh, but by the end, uh, two really cool moments, especially one at the very end where I was like, whoa, those dudes look crazy. Crazy. Aptly described Starbrand and Nightmask number six. Uh, it's the final issue of Starbrand and Nightmask for the time being. This was a fun little book. This is another under-the-radar yeah. book. Written by Greg Weissman, art by jo- Domo Stanton, colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh, out in space, Starbrand and Nightmask are trying to contend with Libra, as well as this crazy uh, fire-powered, what is it, monster god of the cosmos, Kalabos, that Starbrand helped a little while ago. But... Then a Kree version of Starbrand shows up, along with a Kree version of Cypher, which is another character. Big fight between the Starbrands. Really cool art by Donald Stanton, really getting out there and doing some cool cosmic stuff. Uh, we learn more about how Starbrands work, and we get some Bone Zone. Yes. And here, we always, we, well, we, we get multiple, well... It's not quite the Bone Zone. Border of Bone Zone. They're like... Looking at Bone Zoneville, and they're like, they're oh, like yeah, we could go we in. Go there. I would say if Night Mask wasn't there to interrupt, there's potential that um, they could have been hit. I definitely the second time because Starbrand was on the way. Starbrand ventures near Bone Zone outskirts twice in this issue. Right, they were on the train to Bone yeah, Zone. Starbrand, the ultimate stud of the Marvel universe, <laughs> uh, just getting it done. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I like this setup. I like that they're at Empire State University. I hope they get used in other. Books. I hope this is not the last we've seen of Starbrand. I ask. I hope it's not the last we've seen of Greg Weissman, who wrapped up Kanan and wrapped up this. And mm. is a really fun writer. Yeah. Hopefully, he gets some more to do. Totally awesome Hulk number six, written by Greg Pak, art by Mike Choi, colors by Andrew Crossley. This wraps up Thor versus Hulk. So we get the new Thor, Lady Thor, 
just call her Thor against Hulk. Um, totally awesome Hulk. So it's Hulk versus Thor like you've never seen it before. They go to Iceland. Uh, they're trying to unravel what Amora, the Enchantress's plot is. They battle against her and a bunch of her pawns. It's a really good fight issue. There's some good Maddie Cho stuff in this issue. Um, totally awesome Hulk earns the respect of Thor. Not easy to do. And now this is another book that's headed straight into Civil War Two. Yes. All right, on to Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number eight. Number eight. I was reading this laughing hysterically last night, and uh, my wife looked at me, looked at the comic, she's like, what are you reading? Because the cover uh, is like deceptive. a romance novel. The I like the, the name of the author. The name of the author is uh, combining the names of Erica Henderson, uh, Rico Renzi, and Ryan North, the, the three of the creators for the series. Um, and it's wonderful. It's just, it's terrific. If you looked at the issue and you bought it and then you put it away and you're like, I feel good, you'd be okay. But you'd be even better when you open it up and you get inside and it's got this amazing story. Amazing stuff. Essentially, it's a story about romance for uh, Squirrel Girl. She, something happens that upsets her in her personal life, and which is a hilarious sequence. Very hilarious. Uh, and then she is kind of con- sad too. I felt for old, uh, old Squirrel Girl. Totally, totally. Old Squirrel Girl. Old Squirrel Girl, but it's actually Young Squirrel Girl. We've yes, met Old Squirrel young. Girl. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, look at you. I know, look right? Look at you. Uh, but she's consoled by uh, three of her friends. And they try to help her get into the dating world mm-hmm, and figuring mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's hilarious. There's a couple of pages of her going on terrible dates, which was fantastic. I love the line, is there a can around here I can kick? That's been working out pretty well for me. You'll <laughs> love that line, too, if you read this issue. <laughs> uh, there's also Fancy Dan. Fancy Dan. Fancy Dan makes an appearance. And Boomerang. And I'm a more, Sentinel. Totally, but Fancy Dan. I love Fancy Dan. I'm excited Dan. about the Sentinel. Uh, Fancy Dan was great. The Sentinel has a great moment. It was a great bit by the end. But for me, my favorite part of this, I think, was uh, when Squirrel Girl, the New Avengers, and Chipmunk Hunk are fighting mm-hmm. this giant, like, uh, in, uh, giant-sized insect. Yeah, well, it's a lobster, actually. Well, it's not a lobster. Isn't it? No. 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 Um, it's it's called a tree lobster, but as yeah, they explain, ironically, they were neither trees nor lobsters. What? They were little insects um, that were... Looked uh, like a lobster to me. They were almost... They were thought to be... Um, extinct. Ex- extinct. But they were found to not be extinct. And then Squirrel Girl tells this really like cute story about their situation, what they do. And I was like, oh my god, these guys sound great. I love them so much. You want one? I I don't like insects. When's your birthday? January. January. We got a while. Yeah. Uh, but apparently there's not many of them, so you uh, have to be careful. I have, I have a lot of work to do but to get you the perfect present. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, it made me a huge fan of tree lobsters. Mm-hmm. Good job, Ryan and company. It was great. Big battle. This is, as always, one of my absolute favorite issues. Over to Uncanny Inhumans, number nine, written by Charles Soule, pencils by Kev Walker, inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Dave Curiel. It had to happen. Mm. Human Torch and Medusa, who've been visiting the Bone Zone frequently. Snogging. Snogging, knocking them boots, had to be discovered by, you guessed it. Somehow knocking, knocking boots is always, like, weirdly no, it's upsetting be knock, to knocking me. Knocking them boots. Knocking them boots. No, Not them, them. Dem boots. Yeah. It's always some... 
for some really? reason weirdly upsetting to me. I'm like, sorry. Like I, I'm all about the bone zone. And all that stuff, oh, but... we know you're all about the bone right, zone, right? Um, but the bone zone gets interrupted here by who? That's right, the worst character in the Marvel universe, Crystal. Not content to have her own book, All New and Humans, now has to ruin Uncanny and Humans for me as well. But you know what? Charles Soule, great writer, uh, makes me feel kind of bad for Crystal. Not at all, because Human Torch was her ex, and now he's with her sister. A lot of conflict in here. And while this is going on, someone named the Turney Man, who I love this guy, he's just this like ball of goo, kidnaps them and says, uh, talks about like, ah, I am a tournament man. I defeated a millions, and now I make. I make uh, people fight for my pleasure. And then he just dies. He chokes on something. So his space station needs to be evacuated. This is all about uh, the two Inhumans and Johnny Storm working together to evacuate the station, making sacrifices, uh, why Medusa is good for Johnny, why Johnny's good for Medusa, why Crystal's still a jerk and has a dumb haircut now. Um, <laughs> but it's it's fun. It's a great book. Love seeing some Kev Walker artwork. Uh, love everything about this. Except yeah. For, except for Crystal, who I don't love. No. no. But book I love... More than 99.9% of people. <laughs> Weird World, number six, written by Sam Humphreys. Art so by if Mark you had, wait, what was the other book you liked more than 99.9% uh, of people? Mockingbird. Mockingbird. So if mo- you could, if you had mocking, if you had say your wife and an issue of Mockingbird, an issue of Weird World, you could be content. You don't need human contacts. Correct. Hundred percent. Right. I would need my cats and your cats. I, I yeah. forgot about the cats. Right. Uh, Weird World number six. This is the wrap up to this uh, story. It broke my heart. It upset me. You can tell. It made me happy. It made me sad. It made me excited. It made me nervous. It made me feel things. Mm. So many things. Uh, there's a really cool revelation about the Wuxian seed. Uh, the thing that oh yeah the the thing that they've been all chasing around and, and that Becca has had throughout this issue or throughout the story. Um, Goletta is fantastic as always. Uh, Morgana Morgan or is it Morgana Morgan Lefay? Morgan she, She's more Morgan right now. She's Morgana if she's in a uh, Bendis book. Got it. Because he always changes it. I like it. Uh, Morgan Le Fay um, is so sneaky sneaky. Uh, <laughs> she's really great in this, too. Running out of steam, man. How, come on. We're I almost know, there. I'm like, We're rounding that corner. I don't want to give anything away. Don't and give it's anything so, away. These people don't deserve it. It's No, I'm just kidding. There's we love so many things in here that I absolutely loved and was traumatized by like this this page i'm pointing mm. to right now oh so sad crushed me crushed so sad. me uh kudos to sam and mike for telling one of my favorite stories nice job, since sam. i've been here at marvel with sam retiring from comics Just writing done i mean this is a way to, it's a good way to it's go a good out. way to go out now you know sam's been on the show before we we thought he had a few years left in him but yep. he's decided to just leave comics altogether totally uh for a life of leisure and we wish him the best yeah. of luck in his future I think he's still endeavors. doing some creator-owned stuff. Oh, yeah, he's still got a few creator-owned things. He's going to dip his toes in the water now and then, but mostly finish with comics. Yep. Sam Humphreys. Yeah. We love Sam Humphreys. We love Sam very much. Very, very much. And other things we love. Comics. Final comic of the week. X-Men. Worst X-Men ever. Number four of five. Written by Max Bemis. Art, pencils and inks by Michael Walsh. Colors by Ruth Redman. We have got our worst X-Men ever having a cool little dream sequence at the beginning here uh, about how he hates the, like, good, basically the good-looking X-Men who are having a softball game while he can't do anything because he can only blow up. Uh, 
We have Magneto trying to sway him to be on the side of evil. We got Juggernaut all up in here and these new characters who have been introduced throughout have to fight Juggernaut because none of the X-Men are around. This is very weird and like stream of consciousness, um, but it's fun. And the art by Michael Walsh is really good. Um, and something happens at the end with Professor X. There's a twist. There's a betrayal. And our boy's going to have to step up big and prove he is not the worst X-Men ever. Mm. So there you go. 150 comics that you could read this week. We did it. Ah, so many twins of the week. I don't know how to pick. I, I, I am at one of the toughest. This is the toughest crossroads we've ever been at. Yeah. Truly, this makes or breaks us. Um, Cap Steve Rogers is in the mix. 100%. Uh, Hyperion you liked a lot. I did. And I did too. Doctor Strange was really good. But yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Mockingbird. Mockingbird okay. is my pick. And if no. I stole that from you, I That's don't okay. I don't feel bad. No, you shouldn't. No. Um, uh, there's one that... Patsy Walker is up there. I know what I would pick for you. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl is up there. Oh, it's so hard. There's I got to go with Weird World. Really? Yeah. You didn't even mention Nighthawk. I know I love Nighthawk so much. Right. That's that's that I picked that for uh, Thwip, the big Marvel show. Okay, so I feel like I gave it Other, uh, elsewhere I on gave the Marvel the channels. Yeah, yeah, you gave it you gave it a nice rub. So but Weird World, without question, one of my all time favorite comic book yeah. series. I think Sam Humphrey's final comic. I know he went out with a bang. He did. Yeah. And, and Mike Del Mundo cannot give enough credit to Mike Del Mundo on what he did in that book. Yeah. Very good stuff. Okay, also available Wait, this week. What? But part of what we always do when we have oh, a third yeah. seat is we ask them, since you've not read any of these books, because one, they're not out yet by the time we record this, and two, this is your first day, which of the books that we talked about do you most want to read? Uh, Squirrel Girl. Okay. There, good choice. Nice. Well Very good. Picked. Um, normally now I talk about collections on sale, but I forgot to add it to the doc. Terrific. So let's go right to digital comics. And when we read the digital collections on sale, just keep in mind it's usually a pretty similar list. But digital comics on sale this week, Fantastic Four 375 through 378, as well as 380 through 401, Generation M 1 through 5, Ghost Rider Trail of Tears 1 through 6, Hercules Twilight of a God 1 through 4, Spectacular Spider-Man 137 through 150, and of course all the stuff we are already covered is available on the Marvel app. Also available on the Marvel app, um, digital collections, as I was saying, we've got Daredevil vs. Punisher, Means and Ends, Drax Volume 1, The Galaxy's Best Detective, Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D., Monster Squad, Max Ride, Ultimate Flight, Spider-Man, Tombstone, Volume 1, Star Wars, Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 3, Squirrel, You Really Got Me Now, continuing Squirrel, the great you really titles. got me now. <laughs> Black Panther, Marvel Masterworks, Volume 1, Omega Flight, Alpha 2 Omega, Spider-Man, With Great Power, X-Men, Die by the Sword, X-Men, Sword, No Time to Breathe, Extreme X-Men, Volume 2, Invasion. Yes. Oh, so I've got the collections for us on sale this week. Hi oh Daredevil versus Punisher Means and Ends, ends which is the David Lapham oh, story. Cool. Uh, Drax Volume One, Galaxy's Best Detective, Howling Commandos of Shield, Monster Squad, James Patterson, Max Ride, Ultimate Flight, Hardcover, Spider Man Tombstone Volume One. I love Tombstone's one of my favorite villains. Have I ever talked about this? No. I just love Tombstone for some yeah? reason. I just of all the like 
mob bossy uh, gangster characters we have, Tombstone's always been my favorite. I think he's a cool look. I like that he's uh, has the soft voice, and he was always just he was whenever he showed up in comics when I was a kid, like everyone was scared of him. So I love Tombstone. Yeah, uh, that's a great movie too. <laughs> collection, it is uh, <laughs> collection by Jerry Conway, Sal Buscema, Mark Bagley. So good stuff there. Good stuff. Uh, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace hardcover. And Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Volume 3. Squirrel. You really really got got me me now. Freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited, we've got All New Wolverine, Number 2, Astonishing Ant-Man, Number 2, Cable, 74 and 75 from the 1993 series, Carnage, Number 2, Miss Marvel, Number 1, New Avengers, Number 3, Secret Wars 2, Number 1, that's uh, Secret Wars, comma, T-O-O. Spider-Woman number one, Star-Lord number one, Star Wars number 12, Uncanny Avengers Annual number one, Uncanny Inhumans number two, X-Factor from 1986, 10 and 11, 18 through 26, and 65 through 68, as well as X-Factor Annual number three, and X-Man number 60. And in case you were wondering what all those were, they are apocalypse stories. Yeah. Doing a little spotlight on the old apocalypse nice yeah. so uh you can read all those in marvel unlimited which just won a webby yeah uh, webby award-winning marvel unlimited totally and uh if you have not gotten your subscription to marvel unlimited you can do that right now make sure you use your marvel mastercard marvel mastercard get yourself uh some three percent cash mm-hmm. back on that purchase and it's going to be great because you're going to get tons of comics every week in marvel unlimited uh, especially if you're excited about something like Apocalypse for yeah. some reason. Whatever reason you have. Whatever is in the air. Yeah. It's just apocalyptic. Yes. You can read it on Marvel Unlimited, and when you've got your Marvel MasterCard, you can just enjoy the heck out of that. Uh, you go to marvel.com slash credit card. Uh, oh, because that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, so make sure you get your 3% cash back. You know, it's not just that, Ben. We were mm. just talking uh, earlier about going to the movies. Going to the movies. Dining as well. Yeah. You like going out to eat. I love eating. You love eating. I need to eat. You have to. Uh, so you can get your cash back that way. Uh, you know, tons more benefits. Also, uh, marvelcreditcardsweeps.com. Mm. You can still get in there and apply for the big sweepstakes. For uh, grand prize winner gets trip for two to the Los Angeles world premiere of Marvel's Doctor Strange. Wow. So all that and so much more. I guess it's time for news. It's time for news. Time for news. Now from Marvel headquarters, it's this week in Marvel News. Ben, what do we got? We have got plenty in the world of comics. Remember Marvel Now, Ryan? I do. Where you liked it so much, we're doing it again. I'm not going to give a lot of details here because I'm not sure what Chris Delando no. is letting sneak out there. But there's a uh, there's a new Marvel Now initiative coming. It's all be new, all exciting. different Marvel Now. Might be. Might be. Or just Marvel Now Now? I don't even know. No, 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 no. Uh, Also, Civil War II is starting up. Um, we spoke to Nick Spencer about what that means for Captain America Steve Rogers. We spoke to Dennis Hopeless about what it means for Spider-Woman. We had Sketchbooks Galore this week, Deadpool versus Gambit, as well as Power Man and Iron Fish. Iron Fish? Fish? Oh Iron God. Fish. New uh, character. Write it down. Tom Brevoort, we need Iron Fish We right need now. Iron Fish. Over in games, uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers added a Spider-Man DLC, which you can get now, and Contest of Champions added Black Panther. Yeah, it's pretty great stuff. 
uh, all around the way. Uh, I don't remember if Strami and the Wolfman talked about it, but Jessica Jones won Peabody. Yeah. Which Congratulations, Jessica Jones. Super cool. Mm-hmm. And our friend Brian Michael Bendis was yes. in town for that. We had a nice podcast with him. Yeah, which you guys will hear next week. Next week. Which is going to be great. Um, tons more to go. Remember to watch Thwip. Thwip, the, the big, big Marvel, Marvel show. show. Uh, check out Women of Marvel. I will be here next week, but I don't think I'm... I don't know. My schedule's crazy. Yeah, you mentioned that once already. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to remember where I am, when, when. But, uh, all right. We're going to throw it over to Strami and the Wolfman. Right, Strami and the Wolfman. They've got This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club covered, and they will give you the next assignment, which we already talked about once on this uh, this show. That's, that's my hint. That's like Whoa. my teaser that we mentioned it at some point. Well, it's, is it... I. Who knows? Uh, I dream of genie. I dream of genie. What's the theme song to that? This, he's he's this got kid. it. He yeah. is on, he is on fleek. I said that yesterday, and uh, the you aforementioned D Lee from our legal department uh, yelled, yelled at me that I that I'm not allowed to say. Yeah, it. I apologize to all our listeners for having to hear one of us say. I'm trying those words. I'm trying to make it happen. No. No. Our, our buddy Stat Guy Greg from the Cheap Heat podcast says on fleek all the time. Does he? That's one of his catchphrases. Uh, He's a good guy. How old is he? Uh, he's got to be in his 20s, maybe? Oh. Somewhere in his, You think he's in his 30s? Yeah, I think he's in his 30s. Then he shouldn't be saying it. All right. I don't think enough. anybody should be saying Fair it. Fair enough. Let's go to Strawberry and the Wolfman. Wait, hold on. We have a millennial what? in the room. Do your kind say on fleek? We do. Yeah, see? Mm. Relating to the kids, relating to the younger audience. Okay. All right, Strawberry and the Wolfman, take it from there. Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, Sans Wolfman, which means you get a special edition of Strummin' with Stromy. Wolfman, he's off vacationing in Chicago, or Chicago as the locals say. Um, So, you guys just get me. Of course, it is a pretty quiet week on the movies and TV front. Uh, Most notably, we had some casting announcements last week. We announced uh, some additional cast for Thor Ragnarok, which is in theaters November 2017. Uh, In addition to the returning cast members, Chris Hemsworth... Tom Hilston, Idris Elba, and Anthony Hopkins. We also have Kate Blanchett, who will play Hella. We've got Tessa Thompson, who will play Valkyrie. We have Carl Urban as Scourge. And we have Mark Ruffalo, of course, as Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And Jeff Goldblum as the Grand Master. So... That has me very excited. I know if Wolfman were here, he would probably be doing some Jeff Goldblum impersonations, some Jeff Goldblum laughs, but uh, I don't quite have that skill, so apologies for that. Um, Very excited for that. Of course, Taika Waititi is directing that, director of uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Highly recommended movie if you have not seen it. And... In other casting news, over on the TV side of things, we announced that Carrie Ann Moss will be reprising her role as Jerry Hogarth in Marvel's Iron Fist. Of course, she 
First played that role in Marvel's Jessica Jones. Then she also popped up as Jerry in the season two finale of Marvel's Daredevil. And now we can say that she will be taking the character over to Marvel's Iron Fist. So, I honestly think that may be it for the Hollywood Roundup of the week. Um, Stay tuned. We've got some things in the hopper. I am currently uh, in the middle of playing some very cool things for next season of S.H.I.E.L.D., but well, we're probably a ways away from me being able to talk about those since the season probably won't start for another three-plus months, right? Sure. Anyway, uh, yeah, I guess I should remind everyone that next week... Wolfman AI will be doing the TWIM URC. Uh, it is supervillain team-up, Modox 11. Uh, we Modoc blocked uh, Ryan, as I like to say, which uh, makes me happy. Um, and read those. Follow along with us next week when Wolfman returns. Until then, thank you for listening. And uh, I'll apologize for the Wolfman, even though he, even though he isn't here. Have fun back with those crazy kids in New York and all their shenanigans. And we're back. Unexpectedly back. It's uh, it's me, Ben. It's me, Ryan. We are back because though earlier in the show we falsely advertised a Twim URC that we thought Mark and Patrick were going to take care of. I mean, to be fair, we believed that they were going to fulfill their part of the agreement. Right. We did not lie to the people as far as we know. We yes. were telling the truth. Expected them to do a Twim URC this week due to some reasons they did not. Part of it might be on us for not realizing that Patrick wasn't in the state to record. Well, no. I knew he was going to be back today, Thursday, so mm-hmm. I, I just assumed they were going to record on Thursday. Oh, that's fair. I mean, I sent them an email saying, are you guys going to record and never heard back, which maybe I should have followed up on. Maybe. So maybe a little blame over here. We'll take some of the blame. But mostly blame over there. 90%. Regardless, they're going to do Twim URC next week. Okay. Um, we are going to wrap up the show here yep. with a quick email Q&A, and then we'll be back with your full questions and comments the week after the Twim URC. Yeah. So uh, we had one email that came in recently from Heather. Heather. Uh, Heather. She says, Heather, MLS. Yeah. Uh, Major and, League Soccer. Ooh. And she says, hey, hey. I just sub, uh, subscribed to Marvel Unlimited oh. and have been out of comics for a while. Any great stories that you want to suggest that are good reads and a great jumping in point? Hmm. It's kind of perfect. Yeah. We get this all the time. Um, I would be curious when you stopped reading. Mm-hmm. You said you've been mm-hmm. out of comics for a little while. If you want to... I think the I think a cool place to start if you're looking to just catch up with the last few years is Avengers vs X Men because that really was a huge story with tons of characters that capped off a whole era of storytelling and then from there there's so many great books that you can jump into directly from there with Marvel Now stuff. Yeah, there's there's tons of different places to go. Some off the top of my head suggestions. Um, the Daredevil run that started with Joe Quesada mm. and um, uh, Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. which went on to eventually be one of my favorite runs with uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Malave. Um, that's a great run. New Avengers by Bendis and uh, started off with David Finch, I yep. think. Um, that's a great run. Uh, John Cassidy and Joss Whedon on Astonishing X-Men. 
Great run. Ed Brubaker and Steve Acton on Captain America. Yep, yep. Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca on Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, Fraction, Brubaker, and David Aha mm-hmm. on um, Iron, uh, Immortal, Iron, Immortal Fist. Iron Fist. Aha and Fraction on Hawkeye. Yeah. It's really a matter of we can sit here all day spouting off this is a good comic, this is a good comic, this is a good comic. It's really a matter of what are you looking for? What period did you drop out in what period are you coming back in do you want to read about movie characters do you want to discover new characters runaways is also a great one runaways fantastic which we should really do as a twin mrc yeah right can't believe we've never done that didn't we I think didn't we did. We? I think we did. I don't think we did. You know, we have that list of the Twin URCs. Yeah. We really should, we should publish that we and share it and yeah. have a place where we can actually yeah. direct people to. Yeah. So they but can read. Anyways, I would encourage Heather, please write us write us again. I mean, take some of these suggestions. Let us know if they work for you, if you dig them. But write us again if you have more specific needs that can be fulfilled yes and on top of that heather there's the discover section of marvel unlimited which is specifically created and built for people who are looking to discover yeah you're just like oh my god there's eighteen thousand plus comics i'm overwhelmed what do i read well we have lists upon lists Mm -hmm. for you to read uh what are some of the recent ones in there i saw we have the apocalypse stuff that list just came in there's a big civil war list in there there's um tons of different character lists yeah and there's tons of different storylines just about any character you want to get familiar with they have a list for yeah so there's there's plenty of suggestions in there and those are meant for folks like you heather who say oh my gosh too much i've been out for a while where do i go um what's cool what's fun um what's hip what what's the haps what's on fleek yeah you (sighs) yep Duh. What is Ooh. on fleek? Ooh. I you saw a lot of out. people favorited that your that, that Pe- exchange. People are excited. Ugh, people are excited for fleek. Very upsetting. It's all happening now. So what is the age bracket that you found out? I am literally, as my friend told me, he goes, you are the Yoda of millennials because I am the oldest possible. If It cuts off with uh, 81. And Damn I was it, born a millennial too. And I was born in the first month of 82. No, you have to be, if you were born in 81, you're not a millennial. Woo! I did it! You, you USA! 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 Because I, I was January 82, so I'm literally the oldest person who can possibly be a millennial, but I'm a millennial. So what am I, Gen X? I'm the, I think, I'm the babies of, no, baby of Gen you're X? you're Generation Y. Gen Y? Okay. Yeah, you're Gen Y. I don't know, but isn't my wife Gen X? She's only... Four and a half years older than me. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't go. I didn't delve that far deep into it. This is also like just my buddy. What he was telling me. Right. So you inaccurate. have no empirical evidence I, to the fact. Yeah. This is like Wikipedia backed up stuff. But oh gosh. If, if there's an, if there's enough to say it, I'm going to say things are on fleek, and they are. <laughs> How do you feel about this, Josh? Um, I don't know. I was born '94, so just no, shut up. Just shut, shut up. up. Your opinion doesn't matter. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh. Gosh. Oh, that's a great way to end it. Yeah. All right. Terrific. Uh, so uh, we want to hear from all the millennials who listen. All the millennials. Uh, let us know if you use On Fleek uh, regularly. From what I saw on Twitter, it sounds like a lot of people will. Great. Great. Terrific. This is Marvel, your universe. Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Nah, nah.